0: Today, I'm speaking with Lynn Pornaro. Lynn helps introverted women entrepreneurs fall in love with selling, allowing them to become fully booked with paying clients and have the thriving business they desire. She has almost 30 years experience working in and on businesses in almost every sector thinkable. She believes everyone has a sales superhero inside of them who is raring to go, but in a manner unique to the individual. Yes, as an introvert, you can sell. Lynn, you're going to have to prove it to me because I'm an introvert as far on the spectrum as they come. So I'm looking forward to this
1: conversation and I thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Malay. Yeah, I'm an introvert as well. Absolutely. 100%. So yeah, if I can sell... Anybody can sell, I promise you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into more about your business, I want you to tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe some of the things that you enjoy doing when you're not working.
1: Absolutely. Well, what you can probably tell from my accent is that I'm Scottish. So I'm actually like in the Scottish borders. I'm just now Scottish born and bred. Although... Obviously my surname is different so it's Italian and that's because my lovely partner is Italian so (laughs) I do have that influence coming in. I'm a mum of five fabulous kids and I'm a granny or nonna as he knows me to one lovely little grandson. (laughs) <laughs> so my kids range from 24 down to 4 so I've got all spectrums of, of kids wow, as well yeah. in that regard, 3 girls and 2 boys so we've got a busy household what have you. Um, when I'm not working I love obviously to spend time with family um, and we do lots of walking, we do lots of singing like watching movies but I'm an avid reader but I don't find I have a lot of time to actually read anymore so I listen, I listen to podcasts, I listen to audio books that kind of thing and I'm, I'm getting my I work in that way and I'm a secret secret country and western gal and I think that came from um, growing up and my, my dad was into like cowboy and Indian movies you know in the 70s uh-huh. kind of the traditional one kind of thing so I've always had a t- hankering to actually go and visit Texas and I think it's because that's where the main action was in regards to being true cowboys and I don't know if that's true or not but yeah that's one of the places I'd like to visit because I do love traveling as well.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I find that to be really true what you said about reading. I love to read. And if I look over my shoulder, I can see two stacks of books, and I have no idea <laughs> when I'm going to get to them. Because I just yeah. don't ever seem to have the time anymore. But yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and I don't know if you know or not, but I live right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm just right smack in the middle of country music and country and western world over here too yeah
1: yeah that's another place I'd like to visit Millette so maybe I can come over and visit you there. well <laughs> anytime you want to come on over brilliant thank you well
0: yeah we all love to be inspired by people's journey so the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey so tell us a little bit more about how you got into coaching and really what
1: what made you interested in it in the first place well, do you know, I think this is kind of a funny story because I didn't have an intention to go into coaching at all. Um, so I wanted from the age of 13, I wanted to go into nursing. I wanted to care for people. I wanted to look after them. I wanted to help them and build them up, you know, health wise. But because I have some health issues that I've had since I was a baby, I kind of knew in the back of my mind that maybe that wouldn't be an option for me and so I kind of took at school some like kind of secretarial administration type courses thinking that would be a nice backup and I would be a fill in until I really find what I want to do. Um But then I changed my mind and decided I wanted to be a teacher. Um, until I got a horrible teacher one year and decided, no, I'm not going to do that either. (laughs) And so my backup was kind of administration. So that's why I started doing kind of just, you know, just answering telephones, doing some reception work, etc. And then realised actually I had a passion for this and I started asking people I was working with, what are you doing? How are you doing that? Can I get involved? And and started like learning on the job. So Mm -hmm. I've got 24 years experience working from literally being the person and who made the teas and coffees for everybody and answered the phone and answered the door and opened the mail kind of thing right through to actually running and setting up companies from a management level and from like an entrepreneur level, but for other people. Mm-hmm. Um And so I've got all that experience. And then I decided actually one day I put my heart and soul into like the fifth company in like five years of turning them around from from getting them out of debt and back into profitability and the owners then said you know it's wonderful what you've done Len and we really appreciate it but we kind of really don't need you anymore and I was a bit tired of that I'll be honest I was like <laughs> wait a minute here and you know I'm I'm giving you my all and you're just telling me and this is like the fifth time this has happened and I'm good at what I do so I decided I was going to actually go and do this by myself so I was coaching in that role of um, doing the change management I was coaching within teams on a kind of like I suppose Formal ad hoc basis, and I decided right, I'm going to go and work for myself because at least then I can walk away when when, they, when mm-hmm. I don't need them more than than the other way, and I can choose who I work with, etc. And that's when I decided actually what I wanted to do was go and help businesses grow, and and I wanted to coach the owners, but I didn't want the big big companies, I didn't want the big corporates. I wanted the person who had the same dream I had.
0: Well, you know, one thing that you said that I think is common among a lot of people, even though, like you said, your experience of getting into coaching is a little bit different. One thing that a lot of people do say is that they get into coaching because they really want to help people. And then when they start digging in, they just fall in love with the profession. Yeah. So I think that while there's some differences, there's also sort of this little underlying current of commonality between a lot of coaches out there. So one thing that is also common among most coaches starting a business has a lot of ups and downs. So can you talk to us about maybe a disappointment or just sort of a low point that you experienced while you were trying to get your coaching business started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I came into, because I was working with um, organizations, companies, business, and I was doing the business and sales coaching side of it, was realizing that I thought I had this network around me. You know, A lot of the times we think we've got a group of people that are supportive of what we're doing, etc., and therefore we would be able to use them perhaps to get clients, but also uh, mm-hmm. to get referrals, to you know, to for them to talk about us to other people, etc., and then realised actually that when you go out on your own, like you said, it's hard work. It takes a lot of like you know gusto and guts and, and worrying about fear, etc., mm-hmm. et and then I found that this network actually weren't as supportive as I thought that they would be. So before Mm. they were supportive because you had this business name behind you, this corporate kind of name behind you. And now that you're on your own, you set your own business up. It's like you've completely changed into uh, a, a different person almost. And they're not quite as supportive. Or they perhaps, you know, you went into an area that they don't quite understand. So um, Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't want to support you, but they don't know how to support you. And I realised that was really quite a low point for me because I again, I thought, oh, right. Okay, I thought I had a kind of basis to get going on. And actually it's not there. So how do I do this? How do I start from scratch again? And of course, then all the fear comes up even more. And the kind of like the being an introvert, oh no, I've got to go out there and tell people about me. And and I don't know how I'm going to do that. And heavens forbid, I'm going to actually have to go out there and sell. (laughs) um so that was really really quite hard and that hit me quite quickly you know um first month of me running my business it was like yay go for it well you know and then when you're trying to make appointments with people trying to talk to people engage with them it's like less and less and less of a response so yeah that was a big disappointment for me and realized hmm okay I'm gonna have to one go out and sell and I don't want to do that um And two, I'm going to have to like start from scratch and not have that that basis of support that I thought was there.
0: Right. And that's so interesting that you say that, because one common theme that I'm finding through speaking with a lot of coaches is that that's sort of everyone's first step, you know, go to the network that you already have. You know, start with the people you already know. And so you were really just doing what everybody is sort of told to do, you know, start where you are. And you kind of ran into a brick wall. So how did you how did you get out of that?
1: What did you do at that point? I think the first thing that I realized was, okay. do people actually understand what I'm going to do? Because I class myself as a business coach straight from the get go. And here in the UK, I have to say, we are a little bit more reserved about asking for help and gaining support than perhaps other parts of the world. Um, And so I was hit with that, well, we don't need help. Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are telling me that I need help in my business kind of thing and I can't show weakness, that kind of thing. So what I had to do was make sure that people actually did understand what it was I was doing. Like and how I could help them, and I help think that helped me like really narrow down my message and get that right. I was using some terminology that maybe some people didn't understand because I'd gone from the corporate world into the the kind of like the self employed solopreneur type world, and so the terminology was different. First of all, second of all, I realised that this corporate network I had new corporate people and that's not who I wanted to target so why would I expect them to be referring me on and working with me when actually I had a totally different target market um Mm. so then I realized right like you're gonna have to learn how to network which I knew how to network but without a company corporate name behind you with different people speak a different language almost and um and put yourself out there. So that was me. I had to start doing a whole load of learning. So even though I have 30 years experience in lots of different variety of sectors etc and I've got qualifications and you know all that kind of thing, I still have to as everybody does have to go on that learning curve of putting yourself out there and learning how to network in the right way and get your message across so people don't go ha huh? when you say what you do. And we actually go, I got that. understand that. That's me or that's not me straight away. Right.
0: Now, you're talking about when you first got started that, you know, you went ahead and
1: claimed, you know, I'm a business coach. Where does the introvert part come into the picture? The introvert part comes in because I am a massive introvert. And, you know, I would have always said, that you would never see me selling. That's one thing you would never see me do. You would never see me shouting about how good I am or um, what I can do or how I can achieve. I was like your background person. I was the person who... If you were at a networking event, I was like cuddling into the wall and like, please don't come and speak (laughs) to me kind of thing. That's what I was doing. I was happy to be in the background. I didn't want to be at the forefront. So the introvert, I realized as well, when I realized that I had this inner sales superhero inside of me. And when I think back retrospectively, my very first job was a Saturday girl selling shoes in a shoe shop and I hit my targets, you know, for all the upsells of the polishes and the sprays and things that you can get as well. And I hit that from day one from setting targets, but I never classed myself as a salesperson. In another role I had... I worked with a bank and we had to upsell insurances and um, home insurance, car insurance, mortgages, that kind of thing. But I never saw it as a sales sales role. I saw it as a customer service role. And that is the thing. That is the thing that we introverts are actually really good at, giving good customer service, because we want to make sure that nobody is going to shout us out for doing something wrong. We want to just let everything going running smoothly. And we want everybody just to come along nicely and not have to shout about too much. Therefore, selling for us is actually a customer service role. And it actually is for everybody um, in that regard. But I realized that if I could learn to sell my way, So not anybody else's way, but my way. And then I started teaching some other introverts who naturally gravitated towards me. And they were like, I can't do this. I can't build my business. I can't do this at all because I'm too scared. I'm too introverted. And then actually working with me for a short period of time and then realizing, actually, she's not got us standing on a table shouting about how amazingly (laughs) awesome we are, (laughs) but actually she's letting me sell the way that works for me and allows me to bring my personality out, but in a comfortable manner, even if I sometimes feel uncomfortable doing it, but it's in a comfortable manner. And actually that gets results. So that's where I then niche down into working with introverts.
0: Well, I think that, you know, just as you were saying that I was like in my head, yeah, yep, 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 yep. that's me. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. And it's really Interesting how you were able to figure that out, because just as you started talking about, you know, it's more like customer service, I'm thinking to myself, you know, as I was growing up, I worked in grocery stores. Now, I didn't like to be around a lot of people, but... When I was working over in my produce department, you know, anybody that came through, I would go talk to that person and make sure they had exactly what they needed, you know. So I think that you're right. There's ways that people who are introverted and don't really want to go and approach people and sell their wares, there's ways
1: to frame it so that it feels pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the time as well is, We see as introverts, if we're going out there to market and sell for our business, that we've got to be out there. We've got to be shouting. But actually what we need as an introvert is once we've done that little bit of shouting in our way, we need some quiet time. We need some reflection time. We need to go back into ourselves. And that's one of the big things that I build up when I'm working with clients is to say, if you're going to go for this, like a launch period or if you're going to be advertising, perhaps you're doing an event or something like that, or even just attending an event, you know, a networking event, you need to have some time blocked out afterwards where you can go and sit and curl up with your book and not speak to anybody because you need to bring mm-hmm. that energy back into yourself again. And we're... Lots of introverts get it wrong because they see extroverts predominantly saying, I'll go to this networking event. I'll go and do this workshop. I'll go here. I'll shout about here. I'll do this Facebook live. I'll do this video. And they're just on the go all the time. And they think they have to do that. And then they can't cope after like, you know, one day it's like exhaustion. It's overwhelm and I just can't do it. So therefore I'm hiding mm-hmm. away. So by bringing in our introvert tendencies, and we are really good listeners, we are excellent listeners, which works really, really well for sales, then we can actually do our way and feel like we're in control and that we can still be introverted, but we can still have that thriving business that we desire.
0: Yeah, that sounds like that would be really appealing to a lot of people, because I think that there are a lot more introverts or at least people that are on that spectrum somewhere, you know, they may not be all the way to one side or the other, but they're going to fall in there somewhere where there's going to be a point where they start to feel overwhelmed with everything. So I think even if people don't necessarily identify themselves truly as introverts, there's a lot of really good information that you're saying here that could help really anyone that's wanting to to sell more in their business or not feel as uncomfortable selling in their business.
1: Absolutely, because extroverts get overwhelmed as well because they feel like they've got to do more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> and they don't always listen as well. So they still see, I'm doing all this marketing, I'm doing all this activity, I'm being visible, but I'm still hearing no, 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 no. And it's because they've they've not quietened down that little bit. So I work with people to kind of like, with the introverts predominantly to bring them out a little bit and let their personality shine through and let them be them so that they can actually be seen. And with the, if mm-hmm. I do work with, cause I do work with some extroverts or people that are more extroverted than introverted. Um, I work with them to get them to quiet down a little bit sometimes just so they can listen to what their ideal clients are actually saying to them so that they can turn that into a yes. Well, let's go backwards just a little bit
0: because I don't know, I almost feel like we've jumped ahead. And we were talking about you digging into that list of people that you knew and not really getting as much great response As you wanted and then kind of having to make some shifts inside of yourself. Tell me about when you felt like your business was really getting going when you got that momentum and you were like, yes, this is going to work for me.
1: I think there's been lots of times over the last six years. I think it's a constant, (laughs) like, all right, we've we've, we've, we've made a step. And I suppose that's when you up level each and every time. I think the biggest point was that about a year into my business. So initially, very quickly, after about a month, month and a half, I realized I don't have the support network that I need. And I'm going to have to go and sell. And I was petrified to do that. So I hid a lot. But during that hiding time, I actually did a lot of um, reading. I did a lot of webinars. I did courses. I was like following other salespeople and kind of looking at what they were doing, that kind of thing. Because I was still in that frame of, I don't know how to sell. I I don't know how to sell, Mm -hmm. so I can't do that. And I did force myself to go to a regular networking event. It was like um, a membership event that was every week etc and I did that really to build my confidence I wasn't doing that to get work I was doing that to build my confidence Now I did get little pieces of work out of that but it was really I want to be comfortable talking and a practicing my message so before you know if you'd met me like six months ago uh, six years ago I'd be saying things along the lines you know I help businesses grow I help them third sector I work with or and people were like I don't really know what you do whereas now I can say you know I help introverted women fall in love with sales so that they can hear yes and that's very clear I'm an introvert I'm a Mm -hmm. woman I'm struggling with sales I want to hear yes that's me so (laughs) it was about it took me probably. About that first year, I would say then, to really fully practice confidence and really get mm-hmm. my message clear while I also did that learning of what was the latest sales techniques, etc., and then realized, actually, I've been doing them all my life. Doing them from that very first job when I was working in the shoe shop, doing it all the way through my employed career, doing it in voluntary organizations, doing it with my kids, you know, selling them that it is time for you to go to bed just now now <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> to eating the veggies to sharing toys that's actually a selling it's telling everybody that we went to this movie and it was awesome and amazing and everybody should go there or we had an amazing holiday that is us selling each and every day and that's the reason why I believe everybody has an ability to sell it's deep within them and it needs to come out in a slightly different way when they're dealing with their business but we sell every single day of
0: our life. It's interesting, because I have never thought of it that way. But it's really true. I mean, it's when you when you put the label of selling on it, it seems to to take on a different a different look. But if you just think about it, it's like, well, it's really just, you know, trying to convince someone that they should try this restaurant, or it's really just expressing you know an enthusiastic opinion about something that you enjoyed so maybe your friend can go enjoy it too and when you think about wrapping that up into selling your business you can start to see some ways that maybe it's not as scary as you think
1: yeah it's not really because basically selling is letting people know that you can help them solve a problem so whatever it is that they're going through, whatever type of coach you are, whether you're like me, a sales and business coach, whether you are a life coach, whether you are a health coach or a weight loss coach or a um, relationship coach, we, you know, a, a whole spectrum of coaches, it doesn't matter. Somebody, your client has got a problem and they may see it in the media or they may see it something bigger, but they don't know how to see that bigger picture. And your job is to mm-hmm. say, I know how to help you get through that. I know how to help you overcome that. I know how you can release that weight. You can grow your business. You can have those better, amazing relationships with your partner or your kids or your um, parents. I know how you can um, have the life that you desire, whatever it is. And that is selling. I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Or I can help you part of the way, you know, depending on what is we do and whatever journey your client's on. I know how to do it because I've either been there, I've learned about it, I've helped other people through this. So let me show you how. And the selling part really is just, so that's kind of your service. I know how to do this. Do you want to know how? And the exchange Mm -hmm. of money of yes, I wanna know how, so here's the exchange, is your client's way of saying, I'm investing in you and I'm trusting into your process, so I'm going all in, right? Mm -hmm. And that then allows you, as the coach, to be able to say, I'm all in with you because I've been recompensed, so now I'm all in. And it's just an energetic exchange between somebody who says, I've got the solution, I want to know, but I don't want to pay you or I don't want to pay your prices or I'm not sure if I really want to know the answer, right? So it's all right. about those rejections or those no's that we hear and we say, oh, if we rejected and nobody ever wants to work with me, <laughs> you yeah. oh, know, it's all just too hard. That Actually, your client saying, I'm not ready for the solution. And therefore, when we look at it from that point of view of, I've got the, the the blueprint, I've got the plan, I've got the steps, whatever it is that can help you move where you need to go. And do you want to invest in that, not just with your energy and your time and your commitment, but in a monetary value? I've been recompensed accordingly, therefore... I can give you my all. So I'm not sitting here going, how am I going to get my bills paid or how am I going to be able to, you know, get this for the kids or how am I going to be able to pay for that holiday or whatever it is? I can now just be with you 110% and let's just go for it and let's move you from where you are to where you want to be. And that is really selling.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still, for people who don't like it, there's, I think there's always going to be a little bit of apprehension when you start talking about selling, but when it can be framed in a way that just makes sense, I I think that makes it a whole lot easier. You know, over the last six years, I'm sure that you have experienced a lot of, you know, setting goals, reaching goals, maybe not quite reaching some goals, but can you tell us about something that you just considered? to be a really great achievement of yours? I think
1: um, there's there's two that were absolutely great achievements and they're both connected in a way. And I think the biggest win that I've had over the last six years is the realization that I can just be me. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to do any other way. I can just be me and people... Do like me, trust me and work with me, right? But and that leads into the kind of like, um, I suppose, the goal, the first goal, which was when I hit my first five-figure month, which was in 2015. And that was probably a goal I didn't know when I first started my business that I actually desired for, <laughs> Or was aiming for. Um, I think I just set up my business to say, well, if I can just replace my kind of like salary that I had in an employed position, then I'd be fine. But actually realizing that I do have big goals, big visions for my life and for the impact that I want to make in the world. And to do that, I therefore need large amounts of money. So I'm thinking about the foundation that I want to set up, etc. Well, I need something to bring the money into to to pay into that. So I do need Mm -hmm. to have the bigger financial goals. Um, So when I hit my first five-figure month in 2015, that was a huge win for me, especially because I'd done it by being me. I think that's really interesting. A lot of people
0: come on the the podcast and they talk about, I mean, a lot of times they'll say something like, you know, I just wasn't congruent with who I really was. And it seems like that that's one of those little things that people need yeah. to pay attention to, because that comes up over and over again. That's something that can shift momentum for people when you're either in a niche that doesn't work for you or you're trying to be this person that you're really just not. And when you can get into that slot where you're doing what you should be doing and you're being the person you really are, things seem to start to really snowball.
1: I would totally agree. And I think though, you know, especially with the online world, the way it is, but even, you know, offline as well, it's so easy when you're struggling and you're like, I don't know what to do to to get clients. I don't know how to build my business. I don't know how to get my name out there is to find somebody who is doing what you want to be doing, either in Mm -hmm. your niche or um, in the same kind of sector or the same kind of geographical area or something, and say, well, they're doing this, so I'll do that as well. And that's when we start becoming a little bit incongruent because it's like... Oh, they're like, you know, say doing a podcast, for instance, but that just, oh, I don't know if I want to do that, but they are doing it and they're getting results. So I'm going to have to do it. And we start mm-hmm. taking these little side steps in the hope with the genuine hope that we can replicate their success and right. find our success in that. And therefore, we're doing something, whether it's an actual activity or it's a way that we speak or it's an offer that we put out there that just isn't us. And the thing about that is when it's not really truly in alignment and congruent to who we are as an individual and what our values and principles and beliefs are, then we don't actually sell it the way that we should do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's something subconsciously like holds us back. We, you know, we don't market that podcast. Just say, for example, um, I don't really want to be doing podcasts, and I can't get anybody to come on them because, really, we're saying I don't really want anybody to come and interview them, or I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to listen to them. So there's no point in marketing it anyway. And then we go, but I did what they did. I did my podcast, but nobody comes (laughs) here. So it's like, we don't want to. But when we offer something that we're truly excited about, that truly like really like lights us up as an individual and we know that it will get our clients results, then actually that's when we'll go out there and we will sell. So before we
0: move the questions on to business I'd like to talk about the future just a little, and I'd love to know what are you thinking of creating next in your business? What does the future look like for you?
1: Well, I have got loads and loads of plans, but my immediate (laughs) is that um, I ran a a three-week boot camp um, just a few months ago uh, about letting go of excuses you know, we all have loads of excuses that we use on a daily basis why we can't do something. Um, and that was really, really powerful and amazing. So I want to actually expand that out a little bit because it was very intense and clients got amazing results. But I want to expand that out and do that into like a six or an eight week program. And really work through a lot of the excuses. But the other thing that I'm really excited about doing is offering um, family retreats. So not just retreats where you can go and work on your business and come away. Because a lot of clients are like, well, what do I do with my kids? And what about my partner? And, you know, and they have that stress of when they're away working on their business. They're like, oh, I hope they're okay. And the childcare is organized and everything. So I'm actually doing so bring your family with you. And the family, the kids, the partners, um, you know, will be taking care of doing activities while we're working on the business. But this is a business, um, training in the morning and then in the afternoon. We are making sales calls. Right. <laughs> so we're gonna make money on these retreats. It's not just learn and go and implement when you get home, but actually um come, let's do it here now. And what I really want to do is show the family support, whether that's the husband, the wife, the 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 partner, the the sister, wh- whoever, who sometimes can support us but would it not be easier for you to go get a job you know that kind of thing or are you sure that this is the right thing for them to actually see the transformation in my clients on hand like in front of their eyes so that they can truly buy into that this individual is making their coaching business work and so they can see that so so it's different
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's a really interesting concept because, you know, most of the time what I see out there is just come and pour yourself into your business for a while. And while that works for me... It doesn't necessarily work for those people that have the the kids to think about, like you said, you know, that and and when you are thinking about all the things that you're not able to attend to, you know, that can get in the way of your
1: progress. Exactly. But the other thing I teach as well is, you know, family is really important to me as an individual, and I don't believe that we have to sacrifice huge amounts of time with our family so we can work on our business. It's You know, we should be having our life and our business fitting in and setting the business model up so that we can have the thriving business. We can have our time with our business. We can bring the money in that we want, whatever that is, but that we're not, like saying well as a result of that because I remember what my dad was like when I was a little girl I never used to see him for weeks and weeks on end because he was away early in the morning and never came home till late at night and so Mm. it's a case of we shouldn't have to do that (laughs) we can have a really 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 good business and still be able to spend a lot of good quality time with our family Definitely.
0: So let's talk about generating revenue. Yeah. One thing that coaches love to talk about <laughs> is how do we make money? How do we do it online? How do we do it offline? Everybody loves something different. Yeah. You know, some people love that one on one coaching, just some people love to take it online. Some people love a mix. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what you're doing to earn revenue in your business?
1: Well, right now I work one-to-one with clients. I love working one-to-one with clients. I really do. I love getting into their business and getting into the nitty-gritty with them. So I do work one-to-one, but I also like group programs, but I don't like Mm. big group programs. So like you'll never see me running uh, a program that's got like 15, 20 or more people in it. I like small, like little six eight maybe ten people maximum mm-hmm. and the reason for that is because i kind of feel like it i can still give individual like almost one-to-one attention but they have support in that regard um so i have some group programs i'm um, running so i've got one-to-one clients i've got some group programs and then i've got the boot camps which are just like short snappy let's work together for two weeks or three weeks just like get in there it's really intense um and it makes shifts in a massive massive way but the other way that I'm going to be starting working a little bit as well now that my youngest is a little bit older is actually doing live events so having people come and doing that kind of offline work as well Um, Mm -hmm. so predominantly I do work online um, and that's just because I've got clients all around the world um, and so it's easier because obviously I would spend all my time travelling. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking about for, for Scotland anyway or for the UK is putting some live events on where people can come for a half day or a day, depending on what we're talking about, what we're actually doing and have that little bit of, of physical interaction time.
0: Let's talk just for a second about creating all these different ways to, to work with people. Now you've been in business coaching for six years. Yeah. How did you start bringing new things in? You, I would assume you started with one on one clients. You know, how, at what point did you feel like you were ready to start branching out and doing group programs and then creating the boot camps and and now creating live events? How does that evolve for you?
1: Well, I actually did it the other way around. <laughs> so um, when I first started, my very first few clients were where I put workshops on. So it was mm-hmm. workshops for my clients. Um, and then I ran group programs um, offline. So this was like face to face. Um, and then I started working with people one-to-one. So I did it like the other way around than what the normal <laughs> right. is. And I think that the best thing you can do is actually say, how do you like to work? So most of the advice out there is like, um, create something that your clients want. So if they want one-to-one, create a one-to-one program. If they want a group program, create a group program. But actually, if you, if I went straight out and did one-to-one, I wouldn't have had the confidence to actually do that. And therefore, I wouldn't have given my best to that client. So Mm. by doing workshops, which is one of the things that, you know, as an introvert, you would think I would hate doing. And I do actually stand up there, feel physically sick and almost shake but I'm very good at doing workshops and I keep getting told, we love your workshops, we love your workshops. So by doing that in that way, I was like, I'm comfortable doing this because if I get stuck or if tech happens wrong, there's somebody else that can usually come in with some kind of expertise and help me out. And it's not just mm-hmm. me and the client kind of thing. Right. And we can bounce off each other's ideas. Um, So I did it the other way around. Um, And but I think, you know, in your heart of hearts, how you best work with clients. And I would suggest therefore that you do that. And if you love working one-to-one and that's the way that you want to go forward and you don't really want to do group programs or have a membership site or um, do kind of like short programs or longer programs, then don't do that. And just stick with your one-to-one. The only time it becomes an issue, especially one-to-one, is when you want to have either more time to work with different clients or if you are restricted with your income and you want your income to go up. But there's ways around that where you can do kind of like a group program, or like a really small group program and have some one-to-one work in, brought into it as well if you wanted to leverage your time a little bit more. Um, mm mm-hmm. And for me, it's very much of listening to what I'm feeling inside, kind of like that intuitive side of me, which again, a lot of introverts actually have that intuitive side, um, is to say, right, okay, so what, what do I actually want to do? Like, what would light me up? So if I don't want to take one -one client on just now and subconsciously sometimes we block taking on new clients because really that's not where we want to be and what we want to do is like, well, what would I want to do? What would I love to happen? Mm -hmm. Um, And try not get caught up in what other people are doing. So just because they're doing a group program or because they've went back to their one-to-ones or because they have a 90-day program and you really want to work with them for um, two months or five months or something like that is is do what you want. That's a big message in business because that way you will stick with it, you will feel aligned with it and you'll go out there and sell it as well.
0: Now, speaking of going out and selling, what would you say? is your favorite strategy for bringing brand new clients into your business
1: for me right now the one thing i love which i never thought i would love this (laughs) is that i have my own facebook group and i do live streams Mm. on facebook and i repurpose them for like youtube and things like that but i never thought i would like doing live streams because i hated doing videos I like I detested right. them. So my very first video I did it was a minute long and it took me 54 records of this minute to actually feel <laughs> like I still don't like it, but it's the best that I've got. Um, so live streams, I think the reason that I like live streaming um, is because it is like me chatting to you just now. So if I cough, I cough. Mm-hmm. If I sneeze, I sneeze. If You know, that kind of thing. If I met you in the street, it's almost like how I was doing live stream. And um, so I think that's why I like that so much. But my best marketing strategy is now the one that I love doing is um, is my group my Facebook group, because I can get really to know people. I get the right people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very supportive. It's very interactive. And it's where my clients are predominantly coming from just now. So obviously I am in other groups on Facebook and, you know, um, networking groups and on LinkedIn, etc. The majority of my kind of funnel is once they get to know me is to come into my group and then I will nurture you even more there. And I give my best stuff there. Um, and that's where my clients then will come from.
0: After building up a successful coaching business, I would love to know if you had to do it all over again, is there something that you wish you had done different from the start? What would be your very best piece of advice
1: for someone who's just getting started? Go out and tell people who you are, what you do, what you've got for sale, (laughs) right? So the real, real thing is that people are not selling enough. That's a real reason that most people don't have a booked... Um, you know coaching practice is they're not selling enough Mm because they're frightened to sell they don't want to come across as pushy and icky and salesy and they don't know how to actually ask for the sale but if you go out there and you're marketing and let people know what you do and how you help people but you don't ever say to them I've got this opportunity for you to have this help, or I've got this opportunity for this group programme, or this one-to-one, or this special offer I've got, or whatever it is, then we expect that people will go, oh, you know, this is amazing, how do I work with you? Well, but they don't. They think, wow, this is amazing, they must be so busy they've not got time to take anybody new on, so I'll Mm. go and find somebody else. So the, the biggest thing is people don't know enough that you've got availability for clients, You've got a willingness for clients and that how they can actually work with you. So biggest step would be to start selling from day one.
0: Lynn, this has been so good and I've learned so much in just this short amount of time that we've been talking. So I would love to finish up now with our final five rapid fire questions. So what's one habit or skill that's helped
1: you become unstoppable? Well, I would have to say that that is actually mindset work. So working on my mind in regards to putting away all those, like, cheeky little voices, I suppose, that come out and tell us perhaps that we're not good enough, or we're not confident enough, or our offering isn't the best, or the price isn't right, and people won't pay for that, etc. And so by journaling, and that's how I do my mindset work, by journaling and writing out my big vision, and who I would be when I've achieved my ultimate, ultimate vision, and what do I feel like inside that intuitive side of me again coming out and saying what message do I need to get out to my community today so that they can hear something they can learn something and they can go and take action on something that helps me put away those voices, it helps me stop sitting in procrastination and wondering what will I talk about today or what will I, what will I tell people today or is it good enough for me to tell them, etc. So I would have to say it is definitely the might that work.
0: What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: Well, I have to say that the one thing every single coach needs to develop is to learn how to sell. it's kind of obvious, isn't it, since I'm a sales and business coach. But I know that there are amazing coaches out there that do some amazing work. You know, their skills at being coaches are like top notch and the, the results to get from the clients are amazing but if they don't know how to or don't overcome the fears around selling their servicing, they're not going to have the business and we don't want to be the best kept secret do we we want to get out there and help people and support them through their journey Um, But if we don't go out there and market ourselves and let people know what we can do and just how great and awesome we actually are, then we're never going to have the clients that we want. So we're not going to have that business. So for me, it's very much a case of if you've got no sales, you don't have any business. So that is what we definitely need to go and develop.
0: Recommend one book that's had a big impact, either on your business or on your life.
1: Well, this one book had a major, major impact, not just on my business, but on my personal life as well. And it's enhanced my relationships with my family, with my friends and, you know, massively with my clients and my community out there. And this is a book that I came across about, um, must be about a year and a half ago now, or maybe actually two years, Um, but, you know, definitely 18 months anyway. And that is um, Wayne Dyer's book, Spiritual solution to every problem. Now, I'd heard of Wayne um, before, but I wasn't really like massively um, like desperate to read any of these books or anything. And then I came across this book and I thought, well, you know what, I'll just, you know, listen to it. And I don't often get a chance to read, I've got the earphones out and you listen to it on Audible. And Literally within the first kind of like five minutes, I was like engrossed in this and it was just eye-opening it was like I was hearing information that I'd heard before but like I was hearing it for the first time and I actually you know told my whole community about it I was raving about it and I know that there's about 15 people out there who've come back to me and said since you sent us that email or since you did that live stream and told us about this book we've went and we've read it and wow 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 so I would recommend it to everybody in fact when I take on a new one-to-one client now they get a copy of that book as part of my gift to them um, for, you know, for working with me, because it's not really um, anything that I necessarily teach as such, but it has made such an impact to so many people that I just have to give it to them. It's my gift to them, definitely.
0: Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business
1: and that you couldn't do business without. Well that has to be Trello. So Trello T-R-E-L-L-O, if anybody hasn't heard of it, is like almost like a pin board where you can go and you can brainstorm various things and you can have them like on different notice boards and move it around so that you can have a chance to see exactly what you want to do. You can upload photographs, you can upload um, audio files, that kind of thing. And you can share this with other people as well. So you can have this open to other people and the free version of it, because I know, again, you know, when we're trying to get our business going, we don't always want to have to pay out for a whole load of things. And um, But this is one app- application which you can get from your desktop as well as for your tablet and mobiles. So it's great in that way. So you can use it on the move. But the free version of it has loads of stuff that you can do with it. So it's not one of those things that gives you like the basic, basic thing to do. And then you have to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. It's absolutely amazing. And I wouldn't be without that on a daily basis. And it's a great way for me working with my team and passing information over, especially when we work in different time zones. Now, finally,
0: how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what's your
1: website? Well, the best way to connect with me is on my Facebook Um, page, which is dash unleash your sales superhero Um, That's where I hang out about the most and in my group as well. So if you come onto the page, you will see my live streams on there. You get a flavor of me and you'll find out how to actually come and join my group. Obviously, I have my website, which is www.lynpernaro.com. And I would also just say, I would love to offer your listeners a free resource. It's completely free. It's my gift to them. And this is something that I've put together for people who come and maybe can't afford to work with me um, just now or have got so much going on that they just need to get started and they want to know what the heck they should be doing to attract some clients to them. So I want to offer this uh, workbook that I've put together. It is 17 different client attraction activities that you can have it explains what they are and how to use them and you could just pick one or two anything that jumps out to you and start doing that consistently and if that doesn't work you can try some of the other ones as well but start doing that consistently you will actually start seeing a difference with the people getting drawn to you so that you can then turn them into paying clients so if they would like to um hop over to www. Dot bit.ly that's bit.ly dot l-y forward slash client attraction activity all one word client attraction activities you'll be able to download the 17 client attraction activities to help you gain your ideal dream clients to you um so there's no reason for you to be stuck anymore there's no reason for you to say i don't know what to do to actually get people to be interested in me this tells you the whole way
0: I'll be sure to get all of those links and all of the resources onto the show notes page. Lynn, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: So yeah, I just want to say a very um, a big thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, it was lovely chatting with you today, and um, I look forward to hearing more about what's going on with um, Unstoppable Coach and the other amazing guests that you have going on. So thank you very much.